This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show. Now, I, I made a promise to myself. You head, go, heading you into go this south program. when you make these promises? Do, do I go south? Self. When you, when you make promises to yourself, do you go, listen, self? I say, listen, Cam. You got two options. Well, first of all, I promised self. I said, self, make sure to not mention the Houston Astros on the show today. Parade day. Is it? Oh, yeah, it starts. Parade. Are you watching it on your phone? Um, no. <laughs> As I put my phone down. <laughs> I thought maybe. Well, it's an exciting day. Just, I mean, this is their actual first championship in how long? Uh, probably the first one ever. Look, we don't have to talk too much about this because... I know. I just wanted to make sure I, I mentioned it. I, know I appreciate you mentioning if, it. If my Cubs would win the World Series again, believe me, it would be wall-to-wall coverage. Yeah. And no one would... It would all just be for me. And look... The most selfish hour of tele, uh, radio that you could possibly imagine. As a diehard Astros fan since I was a wee small child... Yeah. That 2017 season is tainted, although I have probably done more research on it than anybody else in Canada. Mm, yeah, totally. That other teams were doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, they were. To me, it was like the steroid era. Baseball was aware of, of teams and the Astros doing this three years prior to actually 2017. Uh, I know exactly the Astros players who were doing it and the ones that weren't. Um, but that being said, I, I don't care that the titles are there. It was tainted to me as a diehard fan. Yeah. I'm not one of those fans that sort of sat here and go deal with it. Other teams are doing blah, blah, blah. It bothered me. So to have a clean title, and I liked what Lance McCullers, the pitcher, said on Saturday after the game when he said, you know, for the 2017 players, it's one thing. But what we feel is we owed it to the players who have come after, like the Jordan Alvarez's and you know, the other players that weren't there, that they had to deal with all this for the past couple of years. And I went to some Astros games this August in Anaheim, and the Anaheim Angels hate the Astros, and they hate me because I'm an Astros fan when I was there. Yeah, Um, I understand. Some were polite about it, some weren't. I'm going on and on, but my point is is (laughs) I, I needed this. They needed this. It's a clean title. They were the best team in baseball, and they proved it on Saturday. Enough said. Parade. Let's well, talk well, some Jets. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, but thank you for acknowledging. No, 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 no. And I, I, Dusty is one of the most likable people, manager for the Houston Astros, Dusty Baker. One of the most likable people, perhaps on this planet right now, a guy you just can't hate. You got to root for him every time he's out there. I felt for him so bad. I mean, you know the series with the Rangers, one strike away against the cards from a World Series there, and I'm happy that Dusty got his because uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, as well... In Dusty, we trusty. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Uh, how tired of, and this is before we get, how tired are you, Jim Toth, of hearing me whine about uh, not having my beard anymore? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'll be honest. I'm at the point where, look, the first time I did Movember, it was shocking. And every day I was like, what am I doing? Um, but it's really about, and we've been having fun with this. One to ten, Jim. It's close to, it's close to an eight. But you were like, I, that first week I wanted to just hold you in my arms and tell you how it's going to be fine. (laughs) Now I'm at the point I'm like, this is, and honestly, look, we have a lot of fun with this and we're going to have a lot of fun with the month of Movember. Yeah. 
but it is for some very great causes and and that's what i hope that you know anybody who does it because i know it's not easy like it, it's not easy to especially the people who always say to me i can't grow a mustache and i i get that like if you're three weeks in and it's not coming in right i get how embarrassing it is to walk around and stuff but that's the point because it sparks the conversations but I also understand in your first year, it's tough. It was tough for me my first year. I'm like, what am I doing? And I had to go cover a Grey Cup with this stash 13 years ago in my first year. And I was like, what is, everybody's like, what are you doing? But look. That is the exact thing, because we're sitting up in the booth on the game. Yes. Saturday. We were talking about <laughs> Chicago, and, and uh, Andrew Hustler Patterson looked at me, and he said, yeah, I did it one time. I had to go and cover the Grey Cup, and there is no way. <laughs> and he said, I said, he said he ran well, to the hotel room to shave that thing off. And but, poor, uh, poor Hustler has a blonde uh, half Patrick Line that comes oh, in. and that's it's yeah, good. That's bad. So it struggles. But the point of this is is just that. like, it, and, I, and I get it's a sacrifice, because it is, yeah. but it sparks the conversation of... Of, of the cause of getting people to, by the way, in November, it's about prostate, testicular cancer awareness, get checked, but it's also delved into this whole um, mental health awareness and suicide prevention. So, Cam, I, I really appreciate you doing this because I know the first time it's not easy. I know your wife has never not seen you with a beard, so how shocking it was for her. But it is designed around the great cause. Yeah, my- but we're going to give away some stuff this week yeah. um, and, and continue. Our page is going to launch today at some point. I'll be on in on that. But I appreciate it. It, it is a struggle. But I am at the point that, okay, now you got to focus on the good work you're going to be doing. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I, and you're I, doing I, good That's work. a very polite way to say about 8.7 out of 10, but I appreciate that. It's a very polite way to say I did feel bad for you when everyone in the now, press sh- box at the Jets Blackhawks said, what is this guy doing? <laughs> Uh, all hands on deck today at the Winnipeg Jets practice. Uh, started going at 11, started at 11 o'clock today. Lines are the same for practice as they were against uh, Chicago. Connor, uh, Shifley, Appleton, Perfetti, Dubois, Wheeler, Amenalainen, uh, Lowry, Janssen, Fialbi, uh, who's turn? He's looking like a player, man. And this this is the, smart of the Winnipeg Jets, and it's actually very smart of Scott O'Neill. You know that he was involved in the in this pickup. The, the Washington Capitals have a glut of forwards, a glut of forwards. They're looking to trade a whack of them right now. Jets smart enough to pick up this guy who um, certainly isn't playing like a waiver wire pickup so far. Uh, he's been a pretty dynamic player. You know, a guy that they can just throw the puck into the boards and just kind of send him out there. Yeah, I, I like everything yeah. about this. And yeah. now he's earned third-line minutes because, look, the the key word we always talk about with this lineup the past few years is consistency. Has there been a more consistent player than Axel Janssen Fialbi? Adam Lowry's been more consistent. Adam Lowry, yeah. Josh but, Morrissey. But, but you're in right. terms of, in terms of uh, I don't know, can you say expectations for him coming in here? He has been dang consistent. I mean, I don't, like for a guy picked off waivers that's supposed to be on the fourth line, I expect some inconsistency in those players' games. Um, I don't see any of that. Like, in fact, I just see him getting better and better at what he does. So I'm not surprised he goes up to the third line. It's a great addition. Um, and and look, it, it was a great effort on, on Saturday. I didn't really particularly like the last three to four minutes of the first period. But as yeah. Coach Bonus always says, yeah. you're going to have moments in every single game. But the way they came out in the second and the third – um, the fact they gave up 30 shots, I think that's a little bit more than the coaching staff and the team wants to do. But I like they went from six shots on net in the first period with four minutes to go to 12. So they got six shots in the last four minutes of that first period. But overall, I mean, Connor Hellebuck looks good. The, the system is is fitting in. It's about harnessing that and continuing going on. 
And Chicago, Chicago, but Chicago has the sixth best power play in the National Hockey League going into Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. And they were the penalty kill was great. So it's another they're winning games that they're supposed to win. You said that prior to us coming to air. Yeah. It's an one thing to go up against the Rangers and the Stars tomorrow night and stuff and try to get points, but they've got points in six straight games and they're beating the teams they should be beating, and that's a good sign. And it's got them to right now. I went on to TSN.ca to kind of fire things up here, and they're now ranked. They jumped from 16th place in the power rankings all the way up to 5th. Tied for third lowest goals against average. Uh, actually, right now, tied for tied for thir- first, first with Dallas and Vegas in, in that category right now. So when Kelly Moore was breaking that down to me on the postgame show on Saturday here on 680 CJOB, I just said to him in the commercial break when we were done, what does anybody in the NHL landscape, and I know it's only 11 games in, expect yeah. the Jets to be that high with goals against and defensive play? No. Like, I, I mean, that's I, – I thought if they could get into the top 15, top 12, and to be 7-3-1, and one, that's what they'd be around. To be that near the top of goals against. Now, now, now how much now, do Hellebuck, we give – Hellebuck's how much a do lot we, of that. How much do we give that to Connor Hellebuck, who well, yeah, has been all-world? He's been the best goaltender in the league. But here's the other thing about that. If it's 30 games in a row, I get that's a massive problem. It, the two games in the last three that they gave up 40 shots, that's an issue. But in general, it, that's what Connor Hellebuck's paid to do. He's a Vesna-winning goaltender. If 10 to 12 games this year, he has to be the difference, so be it. If 6 to 10 games this year, the power play has to be the difference, so be it. There are ways to win games. You want to be consistent with your play and your system on how you win those games, but... Uh, look, I'm not trying to sit here and go, that's fine. It's not. And and like I said, the two games where he gave up 40 shots in, in the last week and a half, that's an issue. But overall, that's like people complain that all their points come on the power play. Power plays are the difference of whether you make the playoffs or not. It's a difference in whether you win games or not. Goaltenders can make the difference. And I'm fine with it if it happens 10 to 12 games a year, that those are the ways you find. The, the key is for 55 to 60 games to have a system that works and overall good hockey play. Yeah. I mean, and just I, I, I want to bring up um, some of Connor Hellebuck's stats here just to open up and, and just, just to kind of, you know, I guess put it all, uh, put it all out there in terms of, you know, shots against, uh, you know, he's, again, he's second place in the league, but only guy behind Sean Gibson. Sean Gibson so far this year, this is how bad the Anaheim Ducks have played. In 10 games, he's faced 362 shots. Yeah. That's that's insane. I mean, that's Connor true. Hellebuck, 299, uh, made 280 saves, uh, had had 16 goals against so far, but a 946 save percentage. Uh, a 9.36 save percentage, sorry. Um, he's been exactly what the Winnipeg Jets have needed him to be. He's kept them in games. He's, 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 you know, and he had, there was points against Chicago where he had to be brilliant to keep the, to keep the game scoreless. Yes, like he earned, yes. he earned that shutout, but it also was a team shutout. And I wonder too, Jim, how much of this, and I don't think like the Jets would never admit to this. I think this might be something that's more deeper and more psychological and stuff like that. You know, you're 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 willing to give up a, a certain amount of shots because you know that Hellebuck's there and he's going to make the stop. Well, to your point, like that saucer pass over Pionk to Kane that sent him right down the middle, and then um, 
oh, I keep forgetting his name, but number 23 from the Blackhawks got in and had a glorious chance on a rebound, and um, Hellebuck made a five-star save. Mm-hmm. If that's three to four times in a game, th- that's why you, you pay Hellebuck. That's why you love having him on your team is, is he's going to have to bail the team out like that. Now, even if those two chances are buried, they still win 4-2. But my point to this is, is you need every aspect of your team to be going well. And some points of every game, certain aspects aren't going to, and you need the other ones to bail you out. So why I say after 11 games, 7-3-1, and one, and and with a game in hand, two points behind the division lead, tomorrow night yeah. against the Stars is for the division lead. To me, it's, okay, you've got this at 7-3-1. and one. Now is the time over the next, why I've always said 20 to 25 games in, the next 10 to 15 to 12 games is how you solidify it. And you'll be past the, the American Thanksgiving mark there, but... Um, now's the point of some things have gone awry already. Some things have not looked good. They've had some horrific periods and not shown up in the first period for a lot of the time. But that being said, there's been a lot more good than bad. Yeah. And now the time is to solidify that over the next 10 to 12 games to become consistent at it. And then I think you'll have a pretty good indication around game 2022 of what this team is and should be for the rest of the year. You know, it's, it's, and we, we got to take a break here. I'm not sure that they can technically pass Dallas. They'll definitely have a game in hand on them. Uh, Dallas has uh, the the tiebreaker in terms of them on regulation wins, so I think that they might hold on to technically first place with the same amount of points. Uh, Kelly will text a show if I'm wrong on that, 204-780-6868. Um, but they're right in it. They're right in it. And, you know, it's like and we, we they they have a blueprint to victory now, but it might even be a good thing, Jim, that they have a blueprint about how they don't want to play and all those things. It's like, like, listen, this, these are the bad habits that creep in. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Yes, yeah, sir. We don't need to be shaving off uh, positive plus uh, degrees. Uh, yes. We'll keep it as long as we can. <laughs> don't make it colder than it has to be, Sarah. You know, Not Sarah, yet. you know that the world weather listens to what you say definitely <laughs> and I'm so sure. if you say that i'm sh- don't put it out <laughs> don't I'm, put it out I'm, there I'm, I'm high sh- of seven high of seven thank you i'm sure <laughs> sarah knows better than anyone that if you get a degree wrong you're gonna hear about it you know um what i hear the most of when i do the morning sports what i get not not harass, but like people will let me know is when I miss the curling scores. Ah, uh, yes. I hear it. Mm-hmm. I hear it if I miss the curling well, scores. Well, that's on you. Really. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Totally, it's me. Yeah. It's it's like that old adage when somebody says, nobody feels worse about this than you, and then 99% of the time, nobody should feel worse about it than you. <laughs> You're the one who's doing it. So. You're the one who's messing up. I always right. found that ridiculous. Anyway, thanks, Sarah. Take care. Thanks, Sarah. We'll hear her again at she's the uh, best. one o'clock. Yeah, she's she's not bad. Again, I don't like to I don't like to build her up too much. You know, yeah. I got to keep her head a little bit level here. It's got to stick. It's still got to sit on her shoulders. Kind of like the Jets. We're seven three and one, but we don't want to we don't want to get too crazy yeah, here. We've the, been through some stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then in the top five power rankings, that's right. And we bring on our next guest here, Murad Atesh, Jets writer with the Athletic. Hello, Murad. How are you? Oh, doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, doing sir. Fantastic. Good to have you. Yeah, good to have you. Happy Monday. 
Happy Monday. Good to be here. Well, you know, before we get into what I just mentioned, that the Jets in the top five of the, of the power ranking uh, as of this morning, I want to get your thoughts on that game against Chicago. I mean, three power play goals. They, they get one on man down as well. And uh, Connor Hellebuck, good when he needs to be, but, you know, a good all-around uh, all win for the Winnipeg Jets. And I, and I saw Murata team that gained momentum as that game went on. But I also at the same time felt like Chicago really started to, you know, pull back a bit. Yeah, I, I think that it was one of those games that you would look at on the schedule and say, if Winnipeg is going to be a playoff team, if it's going to be a good team, it has to win a game like that. And I know that Chicago got off to a good start standings-wise, but Winnipeg is in a class above, plus Chicago is dealing with injuries and all those sorts of things. So it became a really important game to me. And I know that when the Jets were on the road trip, they were – process-wise, not so good despite the wins. They were giving pucks mm-hmm. away. They were struggling at their blue lines. And you really like, I think, the way that Winnipeg managed to avoid shooting itself in the foot against Chicago and against Montreal to get those wins. And then the other thing is Winnipeg needed special teams' wins. And, you know, both of them have been a bit a bit of a problem spot early to get three power play goals, to get a shorthanded goal, to get that performance from Connor Hellebuck you're saying Winnipeg did everything it needed to do to consolidate a win that it needed to have. And I think that's a sign of a, a good team, you know, maybe not one of the league's elite, but certainly, certainly a team that's doing what it needs to do right now. Ron, what do you think a ceiling is for Adam Lowry? Oh, great question. I mean, you know, there have been times over the last few years, depending on how banged up he is, where his ceiling changes his floor changes to me and when he's scoring shorthanded he looks like an all-world player I mean the goal he scored against Chicago um, he didn't get in close for his backhand five-hole play if you notice when he gets in tight there's a lot of backhand five-hole goals for him shorthanded he actually sniped one on his way in on the rush and you look at this player and his ability to control certain key moments of the game and you think my goodness I mean this is not just a third line center but a really strong one league wide and I think that the issue for him has been maintaining that level for an entire season plus playoffs his game is so physical it's so competitive and there are times when you know he's not scoring it's just shut down and you know that makes him a decent third line center but if those if that offense isn't there, he's not really one of the best ones anymore. And so for Winnipeg, I think the trick is knowing exactly which version of Adam Lowry you have, you know, how he's feeling, the degree to which he's able to take over games physically, and then using him for those leverage minutes when you know that he's uh, on top of his game. In terms of, I mean, we will look at the and the Winnipeg Jets right now, their average goal differential plus uh, .55 uh, their goal differential in, in terms of allowing goals, uh, minus uh, uh, 2-1, which is 15th, good for 15th in the league. Now, Murat, I think you understand what I'm talking about a little bit better than I am. I'm kind of just throwing this stuff here at you. But that just, to me, shows that the Winnipeg Jets are, you know, and, and they're going to, this was an expectation for the Jets to have a lot of success this year. They're going to need Connor Hellebuck to kind of take care of some of the, perhaps, defensive lapses of this team. Absolutely. I think that there's, That's an area where if you're looking year over year or if you're looking for that X factor that's going to say Winnipeg is going to make the playoffs with a bullet or they're going to be struggling to get in, it's how many of those lapses happen and how hard Connor Hellebuck's job is on any given night. 
And one of the reasons why, as much as they picked up wins on that road trip and they're in a great spot standings-wise coming out of it last week, you didn't necessarily like the way Winnipeg was playing. You know, they try mm-hmm. to get out of their own zone. And I talked to Connor Hellebuck about this. He says, you know, the, the thing that we cannot do is give chances up for free. And when Winnipeg's trying to break it out and they're making fancy plays at their blue line to give the puck away, it turns a very good team. They've been a good team largely into a bad one because then they have to spend a minute at a time in their own zone. The chances pile up, the shots pile up. And I think the encouraging thing is against Chicago and Montreal, who again are towards the bottom half of the league, but still you got to do it. Winnipeg limited those, those stretches so they could just keep the foot on the gas, keep the foot on the gas. And that's why they got wins made life for the goaltender a lot easier. It was a good sign. Are you okay with Connor Hellbuck stealing eight or 10 games this year? Like he did in Vegas where I know they didn't win, but, but got a point out of it. And I'm asking you Murat because I think a lot of fans understand and know that they can't rely on him and, and giving up high danger shots and, and 40 shots a game. Like we've seen, you know, through predominant parts of certain seasons, but is it still okay with you that he's the hero in eight or ten games this year when the team doesn't play well? Well, I mean, yes, because every time he does that, those are standing points that help the Winnipeg Jets. And, um, you know, goaltending is part of a team. I get that, absolutely. I think just in any analysis of how well Winnipeg is playing, we have to make sure we don't mistake the Jets winning for them automatically have played well at five-on-five, on special teams, all of those sorts of things. I think Hellebuck can paper a lot of that over. And obviously the goal is that, you know, yes, he steals games, but also the team steals games for him sometimes. Um, and I know he's at the top of his game right now. He's played great to start the year. Absolutely, he has. He has it in him to steal a playoff spot by himself. We almost saw that in 2020 in his Vezina Trophy winning season. He could be in that conversation again if he keeps this up. For sure, he'll be. But I think it's about Winnipeg stealing games for him every now and again, too, because it's not just goaltending that's going to be the difference for the team. Um, If they want to be a genuinely good one, they're going to have to make his life easier from time to time, too. I mean, if we take a look at uh, at uh, a point percentage uh, so far, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets, they're sitting in sixth place right now in the entire league. Are they deserving of that so far in your mind, Marat? I mean, I don't think they've been the sixth best team in the league, to be sure, because you look at the way that they picked up points, you know, so many overtime wins, three-on-three. Three, well, that doesn't get you much in the playoffs, right? There is no three-on-three three overtime in the playoffs. Um, they stole points against very good teams in Vegas and Colorado, um, you know, largely thanks to, to goaltending at times. There are, there are certain elements that you look at the, the wins that they've picked up and say, hey, uh, this isn't an elite team. And if you talk to Rick Bonus, which we get to do most days, uh, he'll, he'll agree with you. I mean, he's still working the guys hard at practice and there's puck management issues to clean up. Um, similarly, they are their most convincing wins. Chicago and Montreal this past week against some of those weaker teams. So I don't think Winnipeg is automatically the sixth best team in the league, despite having the sixth best record in terms of points percentage. I think that they're in that middle pack and they're looking to push into that top group, that top tier of the league. If they can continue to manage the puck like they did this weekend, but do it against better teams, like say the Dallas stars who play Winnipeg tomorrow for first in the central, that's when you can start to believe that, Hey, they're a top 10 team. And what do you make of this Dallas rematch tomorrow night? I know there's no Jake Ottinger. They've confirmed already that it'll be Scott Wedgwood in net. But compared to the first game to where this team is now and how they match up on home ice, what do you expect it? 
Well, I think that the lack of Ottinger is a great sign for Winnipeg, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. I mean, if anyone's stealing games at the rate that Connor Hellebuck can do it, it's Jake Ottinger. And I think we all remember that Game 7 he played against Calgary this past summer and just the way he was able to keep Dallas in a series that they really didn't have any business being in. And you wonder, can he keep it up? And my goodness, he's kept it up through the start of the season. His numbers are incredible. So... From Winnipeg's perspective, I think if they can clean up their own game, avoid those giveaways at the blue line, and spend time in the offensive zone, you might like them to bury a few goals um, against Wedgwood, or uh, as you say. So I think it's a winnable game. I think that there is a genuine competition within the Central Division this year. There isn't, you know, with Colorado um, overseas and, you know, not having played a lot of games and not having found their game. Right now, it's wide open in the division, and I think that that's a fun thing for fans, and it's going to make tomorrow's game, you know, an exciting one for everybody. Pre-game show here on 680 CJOB at 5 o'clock, puck drop at 7, uh, when Kelly Moore and uh, company will take over the airwaves here on 680 CJOB, leading into the play-by-play with Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas. Uh, Murat Atesh, he is a writer with The Athletic, covers the Winnipeg Jets. Murat, uh, of course, always does a fantastic job. Murat, thanks so much. You take care, okay? Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All the best.